You're listening to In Their Own Words, our podcast series where people of faith talk about their religion. Today, Jainism. My name is Jati Mehta, and I am a Jain from the Shvetamba tradition. A passage from our holy scriptures which is really important to Jains is Ahimsa Paramodharma, which translates to non-violence is the highest religion. What does every Jain believe in? To understand that, it would be a good idea to understand what Jain means. And Jain actually means a follower of Jina. And a Jina translates to one who has conquered or one who is a victor. And what this means in the Jain context is that they have conquered their biggest enemies. And for us, these are actually our internal enemies of anger, ego, creed and deceit. Once souls have completely gotten rid of these enemies and conquered them in all of their most obvious and subtle forms, they become a purified soul. And soon after that, they will become liberated. So essentially, all Jains believe in the possibility of liberation, and that is our aim. So with this being the case, Jains have a destination in mind, which is liberation, and they'll have faith in those who've already reached it, and those are our jinas. And specifically within them, we have some designated teachers and we call them Tirthankaras. So there we have people who have already achieved that destination laying out the path for us. So then a Jain is somebody who believes in that path and is ultimately in some way or form walking that path. What is Jainism's holy scripture or scriptures and what's your favourite passage? Unlike some religions, Jainism doesn't really have a single holy text. There are, however, believed to have been 12 texts called the Agams, and these are believed to have been the sermons and the words spoken by our 24th Tirthankar, who is our teacher. And that teacher's name is Lord Mahavira, and he was roughly a contemporary of the Buddha. There is, however, some difference of opinion, depending on which sect you speak to within Jainism, regarding scriptures. But roughly speaking, the Shvetambha sect to which I belong believe that there were 12 texts, of which 11 remain. And then we have a separate canon, which is formed of commentaries and also spiritual poetry written by highly elevated monks and nuns. Some examples of our scriptures are the Uttaradhyana Sutra, which contains some of these sermons, and the Kalpa Sutra, which contains biographies of our teachers. There is also a text called the Tatvartha Sutra, which translates to that which is, and this is accepted by all the denominations. My favourite passage is actually a prayer, one of our confessional prayers, part of the confessional liturgy, and it's called the Iriyavahiya Sutra. I'll read a translation here. I may have caused injury or distress in movement while coming and going. I may have trampled upon living beings, trodden upon seeds, crushed green vegetables, dew, antils, moss, live water, live earth. The web of spiders I may have crushed. Whatever living beings to whom I have caused pain or torment, souls with one sense, two senses, three senses, four senses or five senses, souls that I may have beaten or struck, covered with dust, rubbed, collided with one another, tormented by turning them upside down, frightened by moving them from one place to another, or separated from life, may all such sins be forgiven. The reason that this is my favourite passage is because it really is a statement of Jainism's belief in the absolute sanctity of every living being, every soul, and that could be the tiniest insect. And really, when you extrapolate this into wider life, 
if if you can show compassion to the smallest of souls, then really it has massive potential for how human beings interact with one another and their environment. How do you become a Jane? To be honest, I don't really know of any formal way in which someone becomes a Jane. The majority of Janes have actually been born into Jainism. But that's not to say that obviously being born with the label Jane is enough. You do have to have faith in the path and the teachings of our teachers. However, as I said at the start, really a Jane is somebody who believes in the path which has been outlined by our liberated teachers. So really, as long as you have faith in that, I think that would make you a Jane. Tell us about some of the important Jane customs and what would be your favorite? I'd say a really important Jain custom and one which has had a really massive repercussion in the Indian psyche is that of vegetarianism. Jains believe in karma and that every act will have a reaction. And so everything negative we do is considered a transgression and meat eating is considered a very big transgression because it violates the law of non-violence which as I said at the start is almost the mission statement of Jainism. And it's for this reason that all Jains will be vegetarian. In fact, strict Jains will even refrain from eating root vegetables due to the violence involved in their extraction from the ground. Vegetarianism is a really important custom and has really shaped the diet of specifically the Gujarat region of India. Even during the Mughal rule, Jains were really respected in the royal courts, so much so that the Emperor Akbar even banned animal slaughter during some Jain festivals and near Jain pilgrimage sites. Tell us now about some important Jain festivals and perhaps tell us also which one might be your favorite. Jains have a lot of festivals. We have Mahavirjanti which celebrates the birth of our 24th teacher Lord Mahavir. And he was really important because he laid out the path and made it accessible to many people. And in celebrating his birth we celebrate everything that he achieved which really was liberation and teaching us the way to it as well. We also celebrate Diwali and as many of you will know Hindus and Sikhs also celebrate this but Jains celebrate for a slightly different reason for us Diwali marks the day when our 24th teacher Lord Mahavir attained complete liberation and ascended to moksha which is the realm of those who have attained liberation but possibly my favorite and really the most important festival for Jains is known as Purushan or in the Digamba tradition this is known as Das Lakshana It is a period of 9 or 10 days of introspection, fasting and study of scripture and it is really important as this is a time when one really discards all of the obsession with worldly existence and set aside time to really think about the soul. During this period Jains will perform the rituals of pratikraman and the term actually means to go back and review our bad deeds. It's my favorite festival because although it's very austere it's also very very powerful. What we will do during the rituals is think back to our day and even our year and contemplate everything wrong that we may have done. We're meant to contemplate even the most subtle ways in which we may have caused harm to any living soul. It's said that if this is done with absolute sincerity, then it is a very powerful ritual and will enable us to shed our bad karma. But the interesting thing is that we don't really appeal to God to ask us to forgive us of these sins. we're actually meant to take responsibility to do so ourselves so during this festival we are meant to go to everybody we may have hurt in any way our nearest and dearest anybody really and say with our arms folded michami dukram and this means please forgive me for any sins i may have committed against you this is really powerful because it shows our humility and it's a really good way to start the new year 
and a promise really to move forward without leaving any bad feelings from the previous year. What are some symbols of Jainism and is there a way to recognize a Jain in the street? Jainism is full of so much symbolism and iconography. But one which really I think sums up the essence of Jainism is the symbol of the swastika. Now just to say that this is a really auspicious symbol and it was used thousands of years before it was used for the Nazi cause and it has a very rich history in India. So for the Jains the swastika is very powerful because if you look at it it has rotational symmetry and for us this represents the continuous cycle of life and death. Then what it has is this sort of four arms to it and this represents the four realms in which we believe you can be born and these are heaven, hell, animal or human. Above our swastika we'll have three dots and these are representative of the three jewels of Jainism which we call samyak darshan, gnan and charitra which means right vision right knowledge and right conduct. So the idea is that if we behave with these three jewels with our right vision, right knowledge and right conduct, we will ascend upwards into the top part of our symbol which is actually a crescent with a dot. And this is representative of the realm of siddhashila and this is the abode of all purified souls and is really the ultimate aim of Jainism. It's funny because if you were to see me in the street, you probably wouldn't know I was Jain. I'm wearing a dress and tights and shoes just like your average English person on the street. And this is really because Jainism doesn't really obsess that much about outwardly symbols. It's more about what you are internally in your soul. And that's why we don't really have any distinctive dress. However, some Jains may wear on their wrist a rakshapotli which is a blessed thread. However, in India, you may be able to spot Jains a little easier. These aren't lay Jains but are ordained monks and nuns and they are very very distinctive. In the Shwetamba tradition, the monks and nuns will be walking around barefoot and in completely white robes and they will also have shaved heads. They also will have a little piece of cloth covering their mouth so as to prevent them from inhaling even the smallest of organisms. In the Digamba tradition, the monks will actually walk around naked, completely naked, to express their absolute faith. in the notion of non-attachment they believe that even wearing a single cloth will lead to the danger of becoming attached to that cloth or the danger of you misidentifying yourself with that cloth so they will be completely naked so if you're in india you're likely to be able to spot jains a lot easier certainly our monks and nuns than your average lay jain when and where do you worship and who leads that worship for jains worship really means any time when you are close to your soul and that can really happen any time any place and it could take the form of studying scripture reading scripture listening to devotional hymns meditation performing rites on our idols it could be any of these things really so personally for me i start my day using my ipod to listen to some devotional hymns and then for the rest of my journey to work i'll do some chanting however most jain families will also have a little shrine in their house I know for example my grandparents will spend the majority of their day praying in our small home shrine. We also have temples which we go to and worship and there the Sanukvasi sect we will have idols and we will perform rites to express our devotion towards our teachers who are represented in those idols. There is a Sanukvasi sect who do not believe in idol worship and they will have just an austere prayer hall where they will conduct their prayers. In Jainism it's interesting because our prayers are actually led by ourselves. we don't really have the equivalent of an ordained priest and the point of this is that it encourages the whole congregation to take responsibility to learn the prayers themselves and ensure that it's passed down from generation to generation 
Generally, when I go to the temple, the prayers are led by an elder in the community, but really anybody who knows the prayers can lead the worship. This is really empowering because it really underlines the Jain belief that all souls are equal and everybody should have equal access to that devotion. So what does it mean to you personally to be a Jain? I think most people at some point in their life have questioned, why am I here? What is the point of my existence? And for me, Jainism has given me a foundation to understand my existence, which is it's given me a higher aim, and that is of higher spiritual progression and ultimately liberation. Even though I know this isn't possible in this lifetime, I'm hoping that this lifetime is an investment into all my future lives, that one day I can achieve that. And this is really important because otherwise, sometimes we get bogged down in thinking that maybe I am my career, or maybe I am the car that I drive, or the detached house that I am. And actually, none of these things provide us with happiness. And the world is full of ups and downs. And if we really believe that the world and the material possessions it can throw at us are all, then we will be unhappy because at some point those possessions will leave us. And you only need to see the result of earthquakes and famines and floods to see that really. Jainism also has given me a way to fight my own inner enemies. As I said, our genas are such because they have conquered their own inner enemies of anger, ego, greed and deceit. And by following their path, I am trying my very best to also fight those inner demons within me. And Jainism has provided some positive tools which I can use to counteract those demons. And those are forgiveness, humility, contentedness and straightforwardness. The other thing that being a Jain has given me is the company of like-minded souls. And by this I mean not just Jains, but even non-Jains. And I constantly find inspiration from the peers around me. What do you think is the most common misconception about Jainism? There are so many misconceptions because your average person on the street will never have heard of Jainism. So really, where do you start? However, if they have heard of Jainism, they might have seen a documentary about Jainism where they've shown our monks and nuns. So there's sort of a misconception that that is all it is to be a Jain, forgetting that there are lay Jains who will dress in normal clothing and also have a life and have a family. The other misconception is that Jainism is a sect of Hinduism or some sort of offshoot. And this isn't the case. Jainism is also thousands and thousands of years old. It's a very ancient religion and it's got its own distinct theology to it. And even though Jains have always lived historically very close to Hindus, it is its own religion in its own right. What do you think does Jainism share with other religions? I think, in essence, all religions are very similar because they provide their followers with a sense of spiritual striving, a sense that there must be more to life and some sort of answer as to what that more is. Obviously, Jainism has more in common with the other Eastern traditions, such as Hinduism, Buddhism, Sikhism, the Dharmic faiths. And the similarity we share there is a belief that all paths can lead to God. And we may be on different paths, but they will ultimately lead to a similar goal. Then, of course, there are the other timeless qualities that religions provide, which is love. And these can be towards those who guide you on your path. And some may call that person God, some may call them Guru, some may call them Ajina or Tirpankara. But it is that love and compassion to other living souls and our teachers which really unites a lot of the religions. <laughs> 